You know I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. Ed Birdsall. Not Jake Simone. Not Jake. No, 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 no. It is the man who is not on his ADD medication. It is Adam Caster. Hi, Adam. It's ADHD medication. For one thing. thing. I fucked that up. (laughs) For two, you sound way too happy to not have Jake here. I'm just having a very good day. Am I? I, Is is that a crime? (laughs) No, no, it is not. Would, Would you like me to come on? Hello and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast. Ed Birdsall. No, Jake. I'm here with Adam. Adam, what's going on? Would you would you rather that? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Listen, if having a good day was a crime, then we'd all be in jail. Very true. Very, very true. How are you though? How are you though? Good? I'm good. I'm good. 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 Good day. Good uh good week. It's been it's been I mean, hey, we went from last week to this week. We went a week without talking to each other. Well, in a face-to-face way on a podcast. Now we, we're back to doing two a week. Let's not get back into this habit. No, I'm not crazy about it. No, I'm not either. <laughs> I but like the... you. I like you. But I do enjoy having the uh, the the extra uh, free time, especially uh, during the evening. Yes, in the nicest way possible, I enjoy not talking to you. Likewise. Likewise. So what do we got going on today? We're going to talk some hockey because Adam and I both love hockey. We're going to be talking about hockey. We're going to be talking about the season that's been so far, the biggest surprises, the biggest disappointments all here. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the conference championship games this weekend, the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Niners and the Rams. We'll also be touching on the hires that um, have happened so far in the uh, NFL coaching cycle, some other news that's been uh, surrounding uh, the um, openings as uh, as one in particular. Person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you hey, if you listen to the most recent Basement Talk podcast, um, Jake was one for two on his predictions. I was two for two on the prediction. So I'm betting a thousand right now, Adam. But first, before we get into anything, haven't done this in a while. So I might be a little rusty, but there are three guarantees in life, Adam. Death, taxes, and deep sleeper of the week on Basement Talk Podcast. So Adam, your deep sleeper of the week, please, sir, and thank you in advance. There are a lot of contenders for deep sleeper for me. Mm. But I think, like, to give you, I'm going to give you three. Because I'm nice. Wow. Wow. And those, I have, are a lot, those are a lot of sleepers. I'm going to give you three because I'm nice and I haven't been on the podcast. This particular arm of the Basement Talk podcast fantasy or whatever. The Basement Talk podcast network. I haven't been on the, this. The branch. OG. The OG Basement Talk podcast. The one that started on, it all. Yes. I haven't been in, on this one in a while. So I'll give you three. One, ADHD medication. Deep sleeper. Deep sleeper. You know, I mean, you won't be a deep sleeper if you're on it, but that's that's a different uh, oh, <laughs> it's oh a different God. thing. Oh <laughs> I'm kidding. I sleep very well. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. But 
I think that uh, it's hard to not, like if you skip a day, like people who take either stimulants or for their ADHD or any other medication, just medication in general, it's hard when you skip a day. So, or it's just interesting when you skip a day. Cause you have to like, your body has to kind of readjust, especially if you've been, if you've been taking it for a while on a regular basis. Fair. My second deep sleeper is the cold in Utah. I did listen. I didn't think I thought it was going to be cold. I'm aware that it gets cold in Utah. I didn't think it was going to be this cold. This is like, you remember that January of 2018 that it was just absolutely frigid every single day. Yes. Yes, it did. That's, that's how it is right now. It was like on my way to work this morning and yesterday, it was like, feels like 12. The real feel was 12 degrees. Not a fun time. No, that, does, that, does, that doesn't sound fun. So yeah, deep sleeper, underrated, Utah cold. And the third one is board games. This is happier. So on Wednesday, I went on a date to this restaurant where you can order food and also play board games at the same time. It's really cool. I really recommend it because it's a nice way to break the ice and also have some good food and play some interesting board games. This restaurant, I'll tell you, the shelves of board games at this restaurant will blow your socks off. Oh, I'm sure. It is unreal how many board games this restaurant has. If it is a restaurant that sells its patrons on the fact that it allows you to play board games while you wait for your food or while you eat your food, I would hope that there is a wide assortment of board games available. Now, let me ask you this question as, 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 as a follow-up, because I am, I am one that is, that is I, I'm, I'm like a scientist. I have to get down to the most minute detail here before I, before I really break this down. This is more of like a, this is a character assessment right now. Mm-hmm. What board game did you choose? I've never heard of this one. Okay. It's, it's called like, I think it's called bang. bang. It's like, it's a, <laughs> that, that speaks volumes. Listen, I know the implications <laughs> are not great. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's like a, a thousand words, Adam. It's like a card. It's a card game. Like you, you get cards. It's kind of set in the old West. And um, are you, you're looking it up right now. I am. Yeah, because I'm, I'm very curious. I can read out the description when I get it. Yeah, here it is. The card game Bang recreates an old-fashioned spaghetti western shootout with each player randomly receiving a card character to determine special abilities and a secret roll card to determine their goal. Four different roles are available, each with a unique var- a victory condition, sheriff, deputy, outlaw, renegade. Player's role is kept secret except for the sheriff. Character cards are played face up on the table. And Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's like that necessarily, but basically, I mean, is it kind of that you just have to figure out who is who? No, it's really kind of because each of the character cards, the ones with the abilities, they each have like life points. Right. And so the goal of the game is to um, get rid of the life points on all of the character cards. Hmm. Interesting. 
And then there are different like effect cards that can, um, you know, let you dodge attacks, which is pretty interesting, or lets you draw multiple cards on a turn. It's it's uh, it's fun. So that's, yeah, that's very board interesting. Games. I like that. Board games, deep sleeper. That is a, that is, that is a deep sleeper. That is, that is a deep sleeper. Not one. Hey, and for anybody out there that's looking for a nice way to have a nice first date, go play board games. Yep, the place is called Good Move Cafe. Not an ad, but I thought I'd shout it out in they, case anybody in Utah is listening. Who knows? If they want to pay us, they can pay us. I would gladly accept their cash. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't? G- gladly. So, Adam. My deep sleeper for the week, Devin Booker. Devin Booker? Devin Booker is my deep sleeper for the week. I'll tell you why. Future potential Nick, Devin Booker? I pray to the Lord. So I made made a wager last night where, well, the first one, it was a a four-team parlay. I won three of my first four. I needed the fourth to, you know, to, to pull out for me. Didn't, didn't happen. Meanwhile, as that was going on, I had to go through the stress and anxiety of having to watch Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns take on the Donovan Mitchell list and the Rudy Gobert list, Utah Jazz. My coworker was actually at that game. With it was a phenomenal game. First quarter, not so much. First quarter, the first quarter of that game, I was like, I was jumping around. I was, you know, twirling about. I, I was having a grand old time. Because I was like, oh, this is going to be the easiest. A hundred bucks. I'm going to win in my life. Didn't turn out that way. Devin Booker is a fucking animal. He basically took the entire Phoenix Suns team, put them on his back, and won that game by himself, by the way, in a building where he dropped 59 in the same exact building. So Devin Booker, I love you endlessly. You beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man. Thank you for winning me money. I greatly appreciate it. I am not having a good day uh, on the uh, on the betting arena today. I've already had Brazil draw against Ecuador when I thought that was just the lock of the fucking century that Brazil were going to get me a result. They didn't. So fuck Brazil. And by the way, of course, it was Tottenham scum Emerson that decided to get sent off for Brazil to make my life much more difficult. So, of course, Tottenham, they fuck me everywhere I go. Um, and then I had another one where I can see that it did not hit, where I just had a boost on uh, two plus threes being made in the first three minutes of the 76ers and the Lakers game that is taking place on Thursday night. And that one did not hit, unfortunately. So I'm having a bit of a down night, but... I have some in right now. I have the Ducks money line. They are up three nothing versus the Canadians. Uh, the I have the Penguins money line. They are nothing nothing with the Kraken at the end of the first period. I have the Hurricanes by one and a half. They're nothing nothing against the Senators at the end of the first period. 
And then I have the Rangers against the Blue Jackets uh, money line for the uh, for the Rangers. They're two two at the end of the first. So yeah, I'm keeping my uh, my fingers and my toes crossed that maybe I can win some sort of significant money tonight. So that way I can go into conference championship weekend with a fuck ton of money to play around with. Yeah. God, how bad is Montreal? They are so bad. Oh, they're diabolical. We're going to talk about them. Speaking of which, let's just go right into fucking hockey, shall we? Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, betting against Montreal is probably the easiest decision that you have made in the past week. Yeah, and, and Anaheim, Anaheim were valued tonight too. They were they were fourteen to win ten. They were they were um, minus one forty money line, which I was a little surprised. And I was like, you know what? I mean, I could probably take this straight and feel pretty comfortable about it. But I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll put it in the parlay and maybe I can uh, I could try and, and get some uh, get some value here. But let me let's. What do you want to talk about? You want to be you want to uh, you want to be negative first? You want to be positive first? Let's be negative first. Negative. Okay. The so biggest talk, disappointments. The biggest disappointments of the season so far. We can talk about players. We could talk about teams, whatever it is you want to talk about. And I guess, I guess we could start with the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, get, get them uh, out of the way. They've won eight. They've lost 26 and they have seven overtime losses. They are in full-blown rebuild. Obviously, they have the best man to conduct a rebuild in the National Hockey League leading this rebuild. In Jeff Gordon, the former general manager of the New York Rangers. I mean, yeah, this is just like whatever disaster really looks like for, for Montreal, this is kind of it. But they've needed this rebuild for quite a while. And now I think they're really going to they're, they're going to get it now. It's going to be just a full-blown gut, get rid of everyone with significant value and try and get as many picks as they possibly can, a.k.a. the Jeff Gorton method of doing trades. Correct. You know what this Montreal Canadiens team reminds me of? What? So I'm very afraid with, with where this comparison is going because I think I know what you're going to say, but keep going. I don't know. It is this... what I think it's going to be. I have I have a comeback for you. So keep going. Okay. So this team is what it is, mainly because Carey Price is trying to better himself, and Shea Weber is too injured to play. Yep. God God bless them both. Wish them all the all the best health. Yes. This team reminds me different sport, but this team reminds me of the 2011 Indianapolis Colts. I knew you were going to bring up football. I did not think it was going to be the Colts. So you are saved from any sort of a bottle. What, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to somehow tie this back to the New York Jets. Some way, somehow. No, no, no. This, is, this team is the 2011 Indianapolis Colts, where you find out after their best player in franchise history, eh, not for Montreal, but I was going to say, but I, I, I get the comparison. One of their no. best play, the best player on their team, two of the best players on their team is they're gone. You realize how not how terrible the core of the team actually is outside of Nick Suzuki, who is amazing. Yeah, he's very good. And also, I mean, letting Philip to know uh, leave to go to the Kings and free agency also really hurt because he was 
crucial on the on that playoff run of the Stanley Cup final last year. Uh, yeah, but it, when you have the term that L.A. gave uh, Denault, I mean, were they really going to do they Do they really want that? No, that yeah, I understand your commitment into one guy when they're going to be going through a rebuild. Eh. Yes. But I'm just saying that it definitely makes a difference. Sure. He's not there. Absolutely. And it is contributing to the Montreal Canadiens being the worst team in the NHL at this point. They're only one point behind Arizona. They have one point less than Arizona. That's a, that says a lot when we're talking about the uh, the Canadians being worse than the Coyotes. Oh my God! Here's the crazy thing. I'm about to compliment the Islanders for one, kind of. Oh, the the Islanders have played. Um, they have played six less games than the Canadians, but they have 13 more points. And I can, I can give you this little uh, stat too. Uh, when you're comparing the Islanders to the Canadians, the Islanders have a goal differential of minus 10. The Canadians goal differential is minus 64. Coyotes, by the way, for those that are keeping uh, score at home, are minus 66 and the Kraken are minus 40. So those are like, you know, they're, they're tops by a lot. And then you have the Flyers there too with, with, uh, with minus 42. We'll get to the Flyers in a second. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, for, for the Canadians though, I, I, I kind of think that a lot is going to be forgiven with this season as a wing year. If the Canadians are going to get the, if, if they can win, the lottery, get the number one overall pick, and then take Shane Wright. Yeah. Shane Wright is he he's in that class of uh Jack Hughes, Capocaco, uh Alexi Lafreniere, uh to to an extent McDavid and Crosby, where not saying that he is like McDavid Whoa. or Crosby. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that he he is that consensus number one pick, and then it's just everybody else. Like you get number one pick. The number one pick, there's no decision to be made. Oh, like like Tyler Sagan or Taylor yeah. Hall. Mm-hmm. I think yes. Taylor Hall was the number one pick in that yeah, draft. Yeah, Taylor Hall was Taylor Hall was number one pick. N- Nail Yakupov as well when when he when he was in, but of course Yakupov didn't didn't pan out. But that was another one that was a consensus number one pick. You get the number one pick, you know who you're taking. Same thing with Shane Wright. You know, if the Canadians get a number one pick, they're going to take Shane Wright, and he he fits what they need. You know, they can have a one-two center pair of Nick Suzuki and Shane Wright. And boom, you have have two top six centers for the next seven years at least. Yeah, well, especially when they left, they let Deneau walk, which which is understandable. And then Kakanyemi getting signed to the offer sheet by Carolina. Yeah. So that's two of their top, uh, two of their top four centers, gone, going into the season, and they don't have their starting goalie. I mean, listen, Jake Allen. Jake Allen was competent. He led them to the playoffs. Carey Price led them to the finals, but Jake Allen got them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jake Allen's fine, but he's but he's he's on IR. Yeah, and they they've just been not good. They've just no. been so bad. No, they have been. They have been. And they're, they're going to be sellers 
uh, at the deadline for sure. I mean, one has to wonder if maybe maybe they entertain offers for for Brennan Gallagher. I think definitely they're going to entertain offers for for uh, for Toffoli, who Mike Hoffman, uh, Mike Hoffman is, is, as well. I mean, Toffoli Toffoli's been good this year, twenty one points in, in in thirty games, so he definitely has some value for uh, for the Canadians for any team that's looking for uh, some uh, some right wing help. Uh, that could definitely be uh, beneficial. <laughs> uh, New York Rangers. Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of the story with the with the Canadians. So, uh, Adam, any other disappointment that you want to uh, that you want to uh, highlight? Yes, the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, yeah, yeah, and I assume we're not going to talk about the Coyotes because that's just a waste of our time. Well, they're not a disappointment. I think we didn't. I think we kind of we didn't expect great things from the Coyotes. Okay, All the right, Coyotes. Fair. We fair, knew. Fair, fair. They're not really a disappointment. We knew that the Coyotes were going to be terrible when they were trading for Andrew Ladd's contract for no return. Fair. When have you seen that? No return. That was just a, hey, we have nothing better to do. Let's just take on that mine. Hey, Lou, do you want anything back? No. No. <laughs> no. Just have the contract. Just just go ahead and have it. Um yeah, I mean, with, with, with the Flyers last place in the Metropolitan Division, uh, they, they've just been beat up, though. I mean, you look at Kevin Hayes, who who has been out. Joel Farabee has been out. Uh, one of our close close friends, Derek Broussard, out as well. Ryan Ellis on the back end has been out for uh, for the Flyers. I mean, this is a team again. I mean, this, this is just victim of, I guess, uh, of expectation, really, that – you know, Elaine Vigneault came into the year as the coach for the Flyers, no longer the coach of, of the Flyers. And now, you know, they're looking at having to tear this uh, this whole thing down. You're looking at, you know, some of the veterans that they have on their team. Uh, Claude Giroux is a pending unrestricted free agent. I would say it's pretty much a stone-cold lock that Giroux is probably traded at the deadline. Please, God, Rangers, make a move, please. Maybe um, Couturier you're looking at could be subject for some interest as well. Uh, Sean Couturier we is on long-term IR yeah. at the moment. So yes. Yes. that will be, yeah. Which I believe Couturier is on long-term IR with... Ryan Ellis. I'm on cap friendly right now. Oh, Ryan Ellis is. I thought you said Couturier. No, they're both on IR. They're both on LTIR. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is within within five hours, within five hours, Ryan Ellison and Couturier may need, uh, may need surgery for the, uh, for the end of the uh, end of the year. But I mean, this is a flyer scene. It's just, you know, they're, they're treading dead. They have to go back to the drawing board and probably the most likely solution to this is going to be the, the, the trading of their captain Claude Giroux. And hopefully, yeah. Uh, Hopefully they can get a first round pick for uh, for their troubles because I doubt that they're going to want to trade uh, Giroux for uh, for anything uh, less than a first round pick. Considering how good Giroux has been this year, thirty four points in uh, in forty games for the lifelong Philadelphia Flyer. Please God, trade him to the New York Rangers, but that's not going to happen, is it? No, definitely not. Um, other guys that. They can trade. I mean, you mentioned Kevin Hayes and Joel Farabee, who are both on IR. So I mean, when they get off of IR, 
they can uh, think about trading them. But Kevin Hayes, I don't know, because that contract is diabolical. It's dreadful. Yeah, it's very bad. It was good for about a year. And then it was, and then it's, and now it's just terrible. Yeah. But I mean, also, also you got to look at the circumstances with the Kevin Hayes um, situation coming into the year, obviously losing his brother, you know, everything that was, uh, was around that, you know, that definitely has to take some sort of uh, psychological toll on a player when literally, I think, I believe it was right before the season, you know, you're dealing, you have to deal with the, with the loss of your brother. I mean, that's gotta be. Yeah, I can imagine. Awful. Yes. Awful. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So I, I, I think I would say, you know, I, I would give uh, Kevin Hayes the uh, the benefit of the doubt on uh, on that one. Yeah, I mean, another guy with like a, not a great contract, but JVR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Um, what does the rest of that uh, that contract look like? He makes seven million this year. He makes seven million next year, and then he's a UFA. All right, so he's got two more years. I mean, he could he could be a rental at next at next year's deadline, but I don't think that any team is going to be trading for, say, the Flyers pay some of that some of that contract. I mean, I still you're probably looking at a team having to pay ten million, let's say, for the services of JVR for the rest of this year, next year, and I I really don't know um, who is going to go in and and pay that. Uh, quite quite frankly so I mean, I mean if they really want to tear it down they could probably look at trading somebody like uh like cam atkinson even though he has a modified no move or no trade uh travis connectney he has nothing attached to him as far as like trade protection and travis connectney travis connectney is a pretty solid player actually he yeah he is and he's locked up until 2024, 2025 at uh, five and a half million per year. So that's not terrible. No. And he's a guy that can play both wing spots. So tap, that's good. Yeah, he, give, he gives them that that little bit of, uh, of versatility, but one has to really wonder how much he's really going to factor into the Flyers' long-term thinking, especially when he's Well, which is uh, why they, they could be – are we talking about who are we talking about Connectney or Cam? Atkinson? I was talking about Atkinson. I was talking okay. about Atkinson. Yeah, Connect Connectney is he's a child. Yeah, he's 24. He yeah. we are yeah, older. He, he, we are older than Travis Connectney. Don't remind me, Adam. Don't remind me, Adam. I mean, you have also you have also Joel Farabee, who I believe is 21. Wow, really? I believe so. Yes, he is twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah, he'll be he'll be twenty-two this year, I believe. Yep, he's turning twenty-six, or he's turning twenty-two on February twenty-fifth. Well, happy happy early birthday, uh, Joel Farabee. It's one um, year, one day after my mom's birthday, actually. Oh wow! Oh wow! All right, you want you want to uh, you want to make some uh, people that live in our uh, general vicinity very 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 upset? Yes, because. Two other teams that are disappointments are the Rangers' two biggest rivals, which is just great. Who do you want to start with? You want to start? I mean, I don't know if I would call the Devils necessarily disappointments. They traded all that, or they, they didn't trade anything. They spent all that money on Dougie Hamilton. 
Yeah, that, but that's more of like a, a, a foundational sort of piece. And, and Dougie, Dougie's been good. Dougie's been good. It hasn't, it hasn't necessarily been on, been on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, they've been, they were pretty bad last year. Probably the, one of the worst teams in the NHL last year. Yep. But with the signing of Dougie Hamilton, they expected Heesher and Jack Hughes to take steps, which they have. Mackenzie Blackwood takes steps, which it looks like he has. But the Devils have, like, people expected more of the Devils. Yeah. Well, I mean, with going back to the, the Dougie point for a second, uh, 20 points in, in 30 games for, for Dougie Hamilton. It's a pretty, pretty decent return, I would say. Um, but I guess if, if you're talking about that, maybe some people expected more from, from the devils, then, I mean, I guess, sure. But they have, they have such a, a foundation set that, you know, I don't think people are really going to, you know, or, or like, or, or, or freaking out or panicking when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the devils and, you know, they're, their long-term potential. I mean, just looking at their, at the roster, you're basically, you have an entire team for the most part of guys that have been born in 1998 and earlier, which is quite crazy. I think the only, the oldest guy on that roster might be, well, if you want to include Jonathan Bernier, who's on uh, IR, you can include him, but the oldest the oldest player that the uh, New Jersey Devils have is PK Subban. Yeah, PK Su- PK Subban at thirty two, and then Thomas Tatar is in second or third. Yeah, and Thomas Tatar as well, depending. About, he's uh, he's thirty one. Me personally, I, I don't know if I would call the Devils a disappointment. I don't I don't think I would. And I know it's it's very it's poetic waxing lyrical as some would say that i'm actually defending the devils well i think if we're going to compare the two teams that are so close to the rangers and so hated by the rangers and their fans the islanders are more are much more of a disappointment than they're the, the biggest they're the biggest disappointment of the year for me i mean a lot of this is covid you can't just you can't just erase covid from the picture as to why the Islanders aren't great. And also the fact that they've only played 35 games, but also the Islanders just have not had it when they have played because of just the inconsistency lineup wise with injuries and COVID and everything. Well, with the games that haven't been played, you know, you, you make a, a fair enough point, but you look at, you're looking at their numbers, right? They've allowed 94 They've scored 84 goals, 15 wins, 14 regular regulation losses, 16 overtime losses, 35 games played. Say, you know, let's, let's just assume that nine games, they win all nine, right? That'll put them level with the Capitals who are the most games played in the Metropolitan Division. So with those nine wins out of nine, if they magically get them, that puts them at 54 points. They only move up one spot. They move, they would move up over Columbus. And that's assuming that Columbus don't win one of their four games in hand in this, in this dreamland scenario that we're, uh, we're just trying to paint. 
So you're looking at the Metropolitan Division is going to send four teams to the playoffs. The Rangers are at 60 points. The Penguins are at 59, who are playing tonight. And with a win, the Penguins could go into first place in the Metro if the Rangers lose. Carolina at 58, who have four games in hand on the Rangers. And then the Capitals at 55. So 60, 59, 58, 55 points. Then you have Columbus at 37. The Islanders are 19 points behind fourth place, which is what they're going to need to get into the playoffs to push Washington for that fourth spot. It's not going to happen with the Islanders well, this year. Now. Really, it's more, yeah, either push Washington or battle it out with the with like the Bruins or the Maple Leafs in for the wild card because correct yeah correct and it, but even even then if we're looking at the wild card which really is what we should be looking at and if if I did I say four teams get in or three well three teams three teams is a given but yeah, it's three teams. Three teams division. Three I just don't know if whether I said three or four. I, I I forget. You said four, but I understood what you were saying because you were thinking that four teams because the Metro was so good this year. I thought that that's what you're going for. The Metro is so good this year that they're going to send four teams to the playoffs. Partially, yes. Partially, yes. But what I meant, what I meant was three teams from each division are locked in to get into into the playoffs. But more than likely, four teams from the Metro are going to get in. So if we're looking at the wild card, which is probably what we should be looking at, uh, the Islanders are five. They have five games in hand on Boston who are in the second wild card spot at 51 points. So even if they win the five games in hand, they're at 46 points and they're five points behind Boston. So they're probably not going to get in barring a collapse from the Rangers, the Penguins, the Hurricanes, the Capitals, the Bruins. So, I mean, the biggest question that I kind of have with the Islanders, and yeah, they had a lot of COVID issues at the start of the year. I get it. But the Islanders really, they just, they haven't been good. Even with their team right now, where everybody is back, Everybody is healthy. They just haven't been good. Is this more of like a, I don't want to say burnout. Maybe I do want to say burnout because they've been as close as you can get to the Stanley cup final without getting there the past two years, whether it be in the bubble against Tampa Bay or last year in the Eastern conference final or whatever, the the semifinal, whatever the fuck they called it last year against Tampa Bay. I mean, at some point, conference final, conference final, or just the, I think they called it the semifinal for some reason because there weren't conferences last year. Semifinal, whatever the fuck it was. That's what I, that's literally what I said. In that crazy ass year. Yes, that we don't talk about and we never yeah. will. Fair. Because Nikita Kucherov was, was illegally playing. Shouldn't, shouldn't have happened. Hey, you know what? I have no complaints. The Tampa Bay Lightning won because guess what? I would rather the Tampa Bay Lightning win every day of the week over the New York Islanders. Would you rather the Islanders have made it to the Stanley Cup final, Adam? No, which is why I was so conflicted. Okay, good. The Lightning could cheat all they want 
if it means they are getting in over the Islanders. Well, anyway, my train of thought. I was saying that that's so so many games played from an older team as well. I mean, they're they have younger players, but this team has a lot of older veterans. Zach Parise, Zdeno Chara, Andy Green. Um, Cal Clutterbuck is 34. Hey, Matt Martin uh, as well. Yeah, Semyon Varlamov is 33. This team is up there in age. And, you know, the, the playoffs are hard. You're going seven games uh, this past year against the Lightning, six games the year before against the Lightning, and that's three rounds of playoffs in back-to-back years. It's tough. You know, at some point, it just uh, – the wheels fall off. Even the best teams, the wheels just fall off. Yeah. Yeah, if you no, don't they, reload they, every year, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Do you, this is more of an opinion question, not necessarily of a of like I need an answer. Do the Islanders sell at the deadline? That's a great question. It's a very good question because, I mean, you if you're Lou Lamorello, you can easily say, "Well, this is a fuck it year." As in, we're going to take a mulligan. We're going to try and run it back, which I don't know if that's a, the greatest of ideas because you're bringing back a team that's one year older to a team that's already, and that's a team that's already kind of older. I don't know. It's a, it's a very good question. I think that maybe some of the older guys, like maybe they trade off Zidane Chara as a rental at the deadline. Who's going to be starting Zidane Chara, though? I know. I mean, here's the other thing with the Islanders. I mean, they don't have a, like a ton of cap space. So no, they, they don't. Which is why they had to expose Jordan Everly for the expansion draft. So maybe they could be in a situation where they trade somebody like... I mean, look at these contracts, like... Anders Lee at seven million per year. Yeah, they're gonna trade their Barzal. No, I know. I'm just saying as an example. You know, Anders Lee, Matt Barzal at seven at seven million per year, and you know he's great. They're not gonna trade him either. Brock Nelson at six million. JG Pajot at five million. Josh Bailey at five million. Anthony Bovillier at four point one five. Give million. me, give me Bovillier. I know that would be. That's a full circle Martin St. Louis trade. That's what that's going to be. Oh, yes. Give me Beauvillier. For those that do not know, do you, you know the whole, the whole rigmarole? Of course I do. That stupid pick. Give, I mean, me, give me all of Beauvillier. I, I would love it. I would love it. Now, will the Islanders do a deal with the Rangers? No fucking chance. There's a chance of a snowstorm in hell. Better chance of a snowstorm in hell than there would be if the Islanders doing a trade with the Rangers. When was the last time that that happened? The Islanders doing a deal with the Rangers. Well, if you if you give me a second and keep talking about the Islanders, I, I can uh, I could maybe have an answer for you. Well, I think people were very surprised when the Rangers and the Devils did a deal together. Remember in the 2017-18 uh, trade deadline, uh, Michael Grabner 
got sent to the Devils. Yeah. So there was there was a trade. It was on May 25th, 2010, when the Rangers acquired Yuri Niemi for a sixth round pick. And before that was November 14th, 1972, the Islanders' first season when the Rangers sent Ron Stewart to the Islanders for cash consideration. I feel like I feel like I have heard of the Ron Stewart for cash trade. I definitely have. I definitely have and I just did not remember that that was a thing. That's interesting though. Well, do you have your answer? You have your uh, you have your I answer. sure do. Um before we go on to uh the NFL, let's just talk about some uh some surprises, some uh, some well, success you know, stories. Sorry to cut you off, but we haven't even talked about any Western Conference teams as far as disappointments are concerned. Well, we're about to. Okay. We're about to. I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about um, a surprise from the Western Conference, h- how about the Anaheim Ducks? Yeah. Second in their division. Nobody expected the Ducks to be in contention this quick. I mean, the season ends today. They're in the playoffs. Yep. Trevor Zegers looking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) well, if we want to talk about another another disappointment, we can talk about them as a a surprise, I guess. Um, We will. Let's just finish up with the, with the, with the Ducks and then we'll get to the surprise slash disappointment. Um, but yeah, Zegris has been unbelievable for for the Ducks. Uh, Cam Fowler is just continuing to be Cam Fowler. I mean, he's he's just he's always been that one of those guys for me, Adam. I don't know if he's the same for you, but for me, Cam Fowler has just always been one of those guys that just flies so under the radar and is not given enough credit for how good he is. He, I feel like he's been on the Ducks for so long that I was like, he was on the Cup team, right? Like he was with with Perry and Getzlav on the Cup team, but he's like, he's pretty young. <laughs> yeah, he was drafted. He was drafted, I think, in, in two thousand ten. Yeah, let me see. He was a he was a first round pick, and not for a fact, but I, I just forget the year of top of my head. I, I believe it was two thousand ten. Cam Fowler is thirty years old. He just turned thirty on December fifth. Okay. So, um, yeah. do we have a draft year? Do we have a draft year? Hold on. I think it was 2010. He was drafted. Yes, 12th overall in the first round. Look at me. Look at me. I am. I am a. Uh, I am a genius. But yeah, I mean, Trevor. Trevor Zegers is. It's a bad man. It's a bad man. Even, even if we want to go down, you know, just looking at their uh, some of the other young players they have on their roster. Sonny Milano, uh, Master Peak was finest. Uh, he's been terrific this year. Twenty five points in thirty six games uh, for him. And you know, and I hate to you know go back and just you know uh, sing the praises of some of these uh, these older players, but 
I mean, if Ryan gets left, went back there on a one-year deal, could have very easily left in unrestricted free agency, captain of this team, and he really has been terrific in a non-scoring role, has 23 assists out of 26 points uh, for Getzlaff. He's he's been terrific. I think it's just a, a veteran role that he's played in this team for the younger players like Trevor Zegras. I, I I think that that has really been beneficial uh, for uh, for the Ducks, and is a big reason why they are they're they're in contention. Yeah, I mean the older guys like Getzlaff, who is he's thirty six. Let's. Let's not, you know, get him some just for men over here, you know, even though he is bald, but uh, he's 36. He's not that old yet, but he is older. Um, You know, Jakob Silverberg, who has been on the Ducks, it seems like forever. Um, Ken Fowler, who we talked about, Hampus Lindholm has looked really good. Um, the resurgence. John, John Gibson has been great. Yes, the resurgence of Kevin Shattenkirk. Ah, uh, Shatty. You know who who the Ducks have on an emergency loan? Another Rangers favorite, Vinny Letary. Oh, Vinny! I do like Vinny. Yeah, I do like Vinny. All right, so you want to talk with the Oilers? Yeah. Why are you so pissy, Bird? Ah. <sighs> I mean, where has it gone wrong? Ken Holland. I, I mean, I guess so. I guess so. But there is a silver lining. The Oilers have played 38 games. The Ducks have played 45 games. The Oilers win five. That's 10 points. They're second place in, in the Pacific Division. So... Their season's not dead. I mean, they're lucky that they are in the worst division in hockey, probably, which definitely helps their chances of being able to uh, to bounce back. But this is this is just a really tricky, messy situation, and the Oilers have got to be really, really careful here because if they continue down this path where they're just they're struggling to get into the playoffs with possibly the two best players in the sport. That's a huge problem. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like, imagine if you had in basketball terms, imagine if Giannis and LeBron or Giannis and Devin Booker were on the same team and that team was fighting for the eighth seed or not even fighting for the 10th seed to just get into the play-in tournament. Can you imagine that's not, that's unheard of. I mean, different sports, obviously, but like for context, like that's crazy. You have two of the best players, probably the two best players in the game. Well, I mean, I mean, I think the best way that I could kind of describe it too is like, is, is maybe if this is turned, if it turned out to be what the, what the Mets could be this year, say the Mets are seven games back of a wild card spot and they have maybe the two best pitchers in baseball in DeGrom and Max Scherzer in case you need a reminder that Max Scherzer is on the Mets Adam. 
I mean, it's it would almost be the same thing, but I don't think the Mets are going to be in that position. The Oilers are in that position. And and not to mention, they have to prove that it's it's not at this point, it's not what would McDavid be without the Oilers. It's what would the Oilers be without McDavid? That's really That's- where we're at. And also, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl's contract is up a year before McDavid's. And if they don't do anything by 2025, 2026, they're done. They're done. Leon Dreisaitl is going to probably command $15 million per year in free agency. He's a free agent in 2024? No, 2026. 2026. Okay. Because so that contract's be, such a bargain. He'll be 30 years old when he when he hits free agency. That's going to be a really tricky contract to uh, to work out for anybody that's going to maybe take a chance on, on dry side. With McDavid, I mean, it's just that simple. It's Conor McDavid. It's the best player in the sport. You're giving him... You're giving him whatever he asks for. And, AB, and, and this, is, this is a direct line. I am telepathically connecting myself right now to Chris Drury. Do what you need to do to clear out the cap space for Connor McDavid. That is oh, me. God. That is me telepathically connecting myself to Chris Jury. See, this is just like Wayne Gretzky going back, going to the Rangers. Uh yeah, yeah, a uh, little bit of a lesser level, but yes, a little bit. But uh, yeah, this team is so. I this team has no right to be this bad. They shouldn't be this bad. They shouldn't be this bad, but they are this bad. Uh, well, really, Adam, I think a, a lot of it is Miko Koskinen, who has been underwhelming, to say the least, thrown under the bus by his coach. Yeah. I mean, Dave Tippett being terrible. Um, the and fact- I, was th- I, I was always a big fan of Dave Tippett, too. I wanted him to be coach of the Rangers for a long time, but I understand why Dave Tippett gets his bad rap. I, I, I do get it. I blame Arizona, really. I mean, I think after seeing his disastrous tenure in Arizona, I was like, no, I don't want this guy. He seems like a, just a regular old retread. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any more surprises you want to talk about, Adam? Um, well, I think I'm surprised that the Kraken are as bad as they are. Well, the, the, the Golden Knights ruined it for them. Yeah, but I didn't think they were going to be this bad. They have some good pieces. They do. But I think that they were kind of, they weren't selling high. They were buying high with guys like uh, Chris Drieger and Philip Grubauer and even like Jordan Eberle. And I don't know. I think that Seattle's probably going to sell at the deadline. I'm sure Ronnie Franchise is going to be calling a lot of people and say, hey, I have, the, I have this shiny Mark Giordano here for one year. I have Jordan Eberle here. Um, If you're looking for a veteran backup goalie, Edmonton, I have Philip Grubauer. You know, we are going to be terrible and we're going to get picks. Agreed. I think the more first round picks for Seattle, the better. Um, I mean, how could we go through this list? I'm talking about the Rangers. Yeah, well, I think the Rangers are surprised because I didn't think they were going to be this good this quickly. Well, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. 
I did not think we would be living in a universe where the New York Rangers would be top metropolitan division. Did I think that they'd be sniffing a wild card spot, maybe third place in the division behind Carolina, behind Washington? And I mean, if we're being honest, I was expecting the Rangers were going to be behind the Islanders and the Penguins as well. Uh, I don't. I did not think we were going to be talking about the Rangers being first place in in the Metro and in a position where we're talking about the Rangers going all out, going all out and trying to win a cup this year. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers were good for a long time since the lockout. Then they were bad for precisely two and a half years, and now they're back to President's Trophy form. It's un- it's unbelievable how the Rangers have been able to to rebound uh, this quick. But I want to keep I want to keep the the Rangers discussion brief because I know Adam, you and I can talk about the Rangers all day. Uh, very very quickly, should the Rangers go all out? Yeah, I think so. I and I'm with I you. listen I listen to Blue Shirts Breakaway a lot. And I think if we ever, God willing, had Ryan and Greg on this show, which I would love that. As would I. I, th- I think they I think they agree with me. Yeah. I'm I'm very much in the same camp. Very much in the same camp. I I was I will say that I was on the fence a little while ago, but looking at the cap situation next year for for the Rangers looking at what they have to improve this year. They, ha- they have to get aware. They, they, they have to. Because the thing clearly... Is, go ahead. The thing is with the Rangers also is that they can't sign everybody to big contracts that they deserve. Nope. This is like the Blackhawks, the Kings, the Penguins. I mean, the Penguins are, are different because they've managed to win throughout all this. But like the Kings and the Blackhawks and maybe even the Bruins... Um, they've had to, you know, pay their guys, the Maple Leafs, especially they've had to pay their guys Yeah, and it's caused cap trouble. And it's even worse for team for teams like the Maple Leafs because they haven't won anything. Yeah. And I think this is worse. This is like the worst possible situation for a team like the Rangers, for a team like the Avs, like the Maple Leafs, where in this flat cap era that we're living in because of, because of COVID, you, you know, teams that were planning four years ago were saying, Oh yeah, well we could give this guy uh, $6 million because we're projecting in four years, the cap is going to be X amount. It's going to be maybe nine, $10 million higher in four years from where it is for, for where it was in 2017, 2018. That's, that's not the case because of, because of COVID COVID has completely just flattened this cap completely. And it's going to be another flat cap year next year. And the Rangers are gonna are gonna be stuck. So it's like it's now they're gonna have to make some decisions. They're gonna have to, I mean, have to go into uh just the amount of prospects that the Rangers have as well. I mean, you're looking at you know Zach Jones, Niels Lundquist, uh Braden Schneider, Matthew Robertson, to name a few, just on the back line. You know, I would imagine the two of those guys are probably gonna go. And if I had to guess who it's gonna be, it's probably gonna be uh Niels and maybe Jones even though I do love Zach Jones and I, I, the infatuation with Patrick Nemeth, I just don't, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all, but there are many yeah. things I don't get on this team. And that's one of them. Yeah. That's one of, that's one of the big gripes that I have with uh, Mr. Gallant is, uh, is the infatuation with Nemeth. I don't, I don't, I don't, I really just don't, 
I don't understand it at all. But yeah, you, Adam, you and I agree. The Rangers have to go all in uh, this year. Also, Libor Hayek. Fuck Libor Hayek. Yep, fuck him too. Okay. Uh, the NFL. Before we get into the uh, playoff games, very, very quickly, just rapid fire, rapid fire reactions on these. Uh, Bears with Matt Eberflus, former defensive coordinator of the Colts. Bears are hiring him to be their head coach. I think that's a good that's a good call. The Colts defense has been really good for the past couple of years, ever since Frank Reich was hired, really. And I think that Matt, Ab- Matt Eberflus was a guy who was in contention. I think he was in contention for the Cowboys job. Was he not? He was. And, you know. Ex-Cowboys linebacker coach. Makes yeah. Sense. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I, I, like I love using Matt Eberflus. I love uh, it. It's kind of interesting. We see this every year. Uh, guy Teams that have offensive-minded coaches then hire defensive-minded coaches and teams that have defensive-minded coaches hire offensive-minded coaches because Matt Nagy, obviously, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and now they're going to go with a defensive guy. The Broncos, we're going to get to them in a second. They go with an offensive guy. Oh, we're going to get to them. Even the Jets last year, Adam Gaze was in – he was offensive, but for a different reason. He's very offensive. <laughs> but they hired a defensive specialist in Robert Sala. And, um, yeah. So, I, I, it's kind of interesting. That's just kind of a, a side tangent. But I, I do like the hire of Matt Eberflus. Good hire, and it strengthens the one area where I think is the best part of their team, and that is their defense uh, it's just going to be very important for Iberflus to get his offensive coordinator higher right because that's going to be the guy that's going to be working directly with uh, with Justin Fields to give him a fair crack of uh, of being successful, Iberflus and Fields. Uh, the Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett, this screams one thing to me. This is to give them the best chance of landing, of landing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, we've seen this before. Yep. We have. We've seen scenarios where teams just hire a guy because it's either like, you know, the trendy thing to do where, listen, I think we can all say that we were kind of wrong about the, about like uh, giving teams shit for being like, this guy had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay. Cause it's, cause it seems like that's actually working out pretty well. It is. It is. But I think that, I mean, that was the big trend of the 2019 coaching cycle. And I think that uh, the trend for the 2021 or 2022 coaching cycle is who can give you the best chance to land the marquee free agent or who's like, I think teams aren't going for retreads, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the hack at hire is, is bad. I think even if the Broncos don't get Rogers, I think the hack at hire is a good hire. I think it's a very, very good hire. Um, he's been a little under the radar, I think, in terms of uh, of a coordinator that should be getting a, a, a coaching job. And now he gets one uh, with the Broncos. I was a little surprised. I will say that uh, the Broncos made that announcement so quickly after Dan Quinn basically said he was going back to Dallas. So maybe that says to me that either Quinn wanted the Broncos job or... And that was because he wanted the Broncos job or bust to me. So maybe he was told that he wasn't getting the Broncos job 
and then the Bears job was was fulfilled. And then he said, "Okay, I'm uh, I'm just going to go back to uh, to Dallas on that one." So, hey, I'm happy to have Dan Quinn back. And then this is from uh, th- this is actually from a source that texted me today uh, about this. I thought I had not seen this reported, so um, forgive me if I am uh, if my source is inaccurate on this. But um, maybe Adam, you could check it and see if it has been reported. Um, but apparently, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders have requested to interview Josh McDaniels for their head coaching job, which I find extremely, extremely fascinating because I thought if there was a team that was going to interview McDaniels, uh, Jake had mentioned this on the Basement Talk podcast a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, We both kind of connected the dots to Houston, given their uh, Patriots uh, connections in their front office, but it's the Raiders that make a move uh, to try and get an interview with Josh McDaniels. Again, obviously the whole fallout with McDaniels and the Colts is, is much talked about. Maybe McDaniels is ready for a new challenge. I don't know, but I just found that text today to be very, very interesting that um, apparently the Raiders have requested to interview McDaniels. Well, I'm happy that you're still keeping in touch with Ian after your interview. (laughs) Because Ian Rappaport tweeted this four hours ago. He did? Okay, so I I got this text. I could time code the text. I got the text at 244. Okay, so that's before, well, 2.44 Eastern time. 2.44 Eastern time, yes. Yes, so that's before uh, Ian tweeted out. So, fun which, stuff. Which I found very, very, very interesting. And um, and then the last thing that we'll talk about before we go into the, uh, the conference championship games, obviously the uh, news was made official today, as we all knew was probably coming, uh, the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger after a much decorated uh, 18-year career retires as the as the man who has made the third most money out of any player in NFL history, only trailing Tom Brady and Drew Brees. So, uh, congratulations to Big Ben on a, a great, great career, and I can't wait to see how fat Big Ben gets because he is going to be huge. And I'm looking forward to it. But congratulations to uh, Ben Roethlisberger on a great career. Okay, so let's you go. Plagiarizing into- tweets now because I was scrolling through my Twitter feed, and the other reason that I consume Barstool content is because Kyle likes it, and Kyle likes their tweets all the time. Yes, he does. That's where I got it from. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Oh, just that's where I got it from. That's where I got you it. Keeping you in check. Oh, that's where I got it from. Well, hold on. Before we go into the conference championships, you don't want to talk about the mess that's going on in Jacksonville? I mean, we can if you want to. I mean, the fact that it's looking like they're... Well, Mike Jurecki, who is verified on Twitter, he is the Arizona Cardinals digital content writer. Um, But he's... He said... Excuse me. You can cut that Yes. Hearing the Jaguars are close to hiring Adrian Wilson as their GM and Byron Leftwich as their head coach. Um, the Adrian Wilson one is a bit of is a bit of a surprise, um, but again, for, former player 
knows the league was an ex Cardinals safety. Uh, One of the, the best Leftwich, Cardinals safeties. He was very good with that. Yes. Yes. Um, Leftwich, Leftwich is not a surprise. It's not a surprise to me. A uh, guy with Jacksonville roots, a guy that knows the organization well from his, his playing days. And he comes in having had experience with Tom Brady the last two years. And I know that Byron Leftwich was the coach for Tom Brady. But who really was the coach in that offensive meeting room? It wasn't Byron Leftwich. It was Tom Brady. So I'm imagining that and Byron, Byron Leftwich, Leftwich was also working with Carson Palmer. Wasn't yeah. he? He was on Arian staff with the Cardinals. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's very true. Um, I think that this is a good hire for Jacksonville. That, you know, and I talked about this uh, two weeks ago on the last Basement Talk podcast that I think Jacksonville has the opportunity here to really get in a coach that's going to grow with this young team. Um, I know Jake was uh, very against that idea, but I mean, the fact of the matter is that Jacksonville is going to be in no rush at all to perform. They're going to be in absolutely no rush to get back to winning football. They need to establish a culture there first. And that entire team is completely fractured down the middle because of the tumultuous Urban Meyer uh, error that we will uh, we will call that in uh, in Jacksonville. So hopefully, hopefully Byron Leftwich will be able to uh, to sort that out. He'll be able to learn on the job, and he's he's very 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 highly regarded um, in NFL circles of, as a guy that is going to be a very 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 good head coach. And it helps that he's going to be a young coach with a young quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, and I think they're really going to work out uh, quite well together. So, uh, and, and I don't want to speculate anything too early, but do not be surprised if let's just say Tom Brady does retire. Don't be surprised if we see Chris Godwin playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars next year as number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence. Really? I'm just speculating. Well, that is some speculation if I've ever heard it. I'm just speculating there. I'm just planning, planning a little bit of a, uh, of a seed. All I right, mean, so speaking of disaster, also speaking of disastrous runs, I mean, Trent Balky also. Yeah. Underrated. Talk about deep, deep sleeper disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he, whenever you have fans of your team showing up to the stadium in clown costumes, that is how you know that, that is a just a disaster. And we Jets fans have never even done that. No, no. They they but the Jets fans they settle for the paper bag. I think uh, that's more that's more iconic. That's, that's more that's of a more, it's more it's old more school. The, it's more of the the Saints started that actually. Yeah, the Saints the Saints did start that. And then the Jets just kind of the Jets and their fans just kind of uh they they made it perfect. They perfected the art. Yeah, the Browns also. Uh and true, and the Lions, and the Lions. Yeah. Lines. They, they, hey, the Jets haven't gotten one list, so that's 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 a good thing. Um, okay, so let's let's go into uh, into these uh, into these playoff games. We'll keep the we'll keep this uh, quick, um, just because we are running on time. Uh, and I don't want this to be a two hour podcast because we could be here for two hours if we talk about these games uh, fully in depth. 
Uh, the Chiefs taking on the Bengals, Kansas City, seven point favorites against the Bengals. Adam, who are you taking this game and why? Um, I'm taking the Chiefs because it's Patrick Mahomes. He's just so good. And the Chiefs look like a wagon again this year. Um, maybe they're a little fatigued after the marathon of the game that they played against the Buffalo Bills, but I wouldn't bet against Kansas City with the weapons that they have, the talent that they have. As great as the Bengals are, it's hard to bet against Kansas City. I'm going with I'm going with the Chiefs too, but I think the Bengals cover that seven. I think it's oh gonna yeah, be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a close game. There's no way it's gonna be a blowout. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a very very close game. I think Joe, I think this is Joe Burrow's time to shine. Um, but at the end of the day, I think experience in these kind of games matter. Uh, Joe Burrow has not been in an environment like this where he's going into Arrowhead for an AFC Championship game. That place is going to be absolutely rocking. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very curious to see how uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, response to that kind of uh, ferocious environment. Uh, but for me, I am going to take the the Chiefs uh, to win that game. I'm going to go I'm going to go 31-27. 31-27. Yes. Okay. That's a Which, good... What, do we have a prediction from you, Adam, on, on a score? Um, I'm going to go with 34 27. Oh, okay. Okay. The 49ers. 27, actually. 35 27? No field goals for okay, the Chiefs. No, just no just touchdowns. Goals. Okay. Just vibes. The Niners and the Rams. Adam, who wins and why? Um, you know, I th- my gut tells me that the Rams are going to win. But the 49ers have the momentum of that game against uh, Green Bay, um, their game against Dallas, where they escaped by the skin of their teeth, yep, by the hair on their chinny chin chin, whatever. I, I think the 49ers performance because Green Bay was more convincing than the one against Dallas, if I do say so myself. Yeah. I think the Rams still win just because of the sheer firepower and the fact that the Rams can just talent their way out of, out of any situation, but the 49ers are going to make it really, really fucking hard on them. Yeah. This game, this game has a four and a half point spread on it too. Um, I'm actually going with the 49ers. I'm going to take the Niners to win this game. Well, the 49ers have been like kryptonite for the Rams this year. Uh, they have been, the Rams have lost to the 49ers twice. And I can give you a little a little betting fact here. So for all those that will be betting on this game, the 49ers are eight and one this year on the road against the spread. And in his career, Kyle Shanahan is seven and three against the spread against Sean McVay, which I find to be extremely fascinating. Something, yeah. I, something I picked up today in my uh, in my research, but I think the 49ers outright win this game. The key for the Rams is going to be, can they neutralize Debo Samuel? If they make it a point of emphasis to take Debo out of the game, 
and make Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball, the Rams will win this game. But if they let Debo and Elijah Mitchell run wild, they let the 49ers establish that ground game, it's going to be trouble for the Rams. Because I saw that second half, as did everybody, against the Bucs. They completely fell apart. Yeah, and they were and they lucky. Are lucky that they got they got they got that win. They are they're, lucky. They are lucky that Todd Bowles is actually not a great play caller in the clutch. Fair, fair. They are very, very, very lucky that they got out of that game because I, I have a feeling if that game went to overtime, the Bucks would have won. Yeah, I agree. As wow. Much as, it, as much as it pains me to say it, this is breaking news. Well, momentum. You're endorsing Tom Brady on something. I'm, wow. not, endorsing, I'm not endorsing him. I'm You're saying, endorsing that he would have he would have beaten the Rams if that game went to overtime. Well, yes, because of the momentum. I mean, it also depends on who won the coin toss, but that's but different. But you are you're half endorsing Brady in that regard. Adam, this is a big step forward for you. I am so proud. Nah. I'm so proud. You can admit it. It's okay. You could you're still a loyal Jets fan. You're still a loyal Jets fan. You're just being well, look, a more clear football fan. I mean, I can recognize momentum and how a game swings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That game was that game was swinging ninety nine percent for the Bucks in second half. Yes, yeah. in that second half, absolutely, absolutely. I think the Niners win that game. Sets up a Niners Chiefs Super Bowl again, again, again. So to end the show we did this two weeks ago we're gonna do it again adam what's the song you've been listening to oh god what's the song i've been listening to yeah that's a great question what's the song you've been listening to um i don't know i listen to a lot of video game soundtracks so um actually i've been listening to a couple of uh juice world songs may he rest in peace oh yeah. Ooh, do we have do we have a song in particular? Um I like uh Come and Go. That's a bop. That's a bop. I appreciate yeah. it. It's got a it's it. got a nice breakdown. It does. It does. It has a very nice breakdown. Um I've been listening to this is from the uh again, this is gonna be very home re you're gonna roll your eyes this when I know it. This is from the FIFA twenty two soundtrack. Uh this is Highway by Shango SK. USA beat El Salvador. One nil. Nice. Yep. And and Hofstra 
defeated Charleston. Let's go roll pride. So that is going to be it for this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. And if you want to catch more of Adam, tune into the Basement Talk Podcast Finish Show, which we will be recording once a week from here on out until after the NFL draft. And we'll be back to two episodes a week, which Adam, I know you are so looking forward to. Yeah. Sure, let's, <laughs> let's go with that. I could lower, I could lower the gun now. I could lower the gun now. It is away from your head. So for Adam, I'm Bird. Thanks so much for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review and tell us how much you love or don't love the podcast. We take data reviews as well. Bert, for Adam, I'm Bird. For Bird, I'm Adam. Whatever. Whatever the fuck it is. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>